You are listening to the Salvation Army Disaster Radio, covering all things related to emergency management, disaster services, and the Salvation Army. Welcome to the Salvation Army Disaster Radio and the fourth episode in our ICS Hendecagon. Today, we're going to talk logistics. Christy, that's right in your backyard. You deal with logistics every day. I do. And I have a great quote that says, logistics, in the broadest sense, the three big M's of warfare, material, movement, and maintenance. If international politics is the art of the possible and war is its instrument, logistics is the art of defining and extending the possible. It provides the substance that physically permits an army to live and move and have its being. So think of an ICS team like an army. Logistics provides the materials, resources, and maintenance that allows the command to exist and respond. I like that quote, Christy, and its connection to warfare. In fact, every logistics chief ought to know about the other quote that I like comes from Alexander the Great. And he once said, my logisticians are a humorous lot. They know if my campaign fails, they are the first ones I will kill. And I think that exemplifies uh, the feelings maybe an incident commander could have if the stuff isn't flowing into the operation, it's hard to do the service delivery. And so a lot of that frustration or a lot of that need could be directed to logistics, get me what I need so I can help some people. So if we go by the book definition, the logistics section is responsible for obtaining and managing all resources and equipment necessary to run the disaster relief operation. Absolutely. And it's more than that. There are also specialists within that function that the logistics chief has to supervise. Specialists in communications, information technology, transportation, warehousing, supply, and even facility and vehicle maintenance. It can also feel overwhelming to be in charge on logistics, but I think if we break it down like we did in the Ops podcast, we can help future logistics chiefs maybe avoid some pitfalls that we see run wild in this function. Agreed. And I think a good place to start, because you've done this so often, is what are some of the things that a logistics chief might be expected to acquire on an incident? Okay, here's a basic checklist. Water, food boxes, cambros, forklifts, Computers, desks, chairs, buildings, fuel, propane, food, ice, garbage disposals, porta potties, phones. You want me to keep going? Wow. I was actually writing that list down and my pen is on fire. It <laughs> seems like anything you might need could be acquired by logistics. I kind of look at it like my mother-in-law function. She's a great shopper. She'd probably make a good logistics chief. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe she'll <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> Here's one way to look at it. Everybody's heard that Dunkin' Donuts commercial, America Runs on Dunkin'. Well, ICS runs on logistics. And a good logistics chief has to be in touch with all the other functions within the incident command system. They've got to be talking to them saying, what are you going to need tomorrow so I can procure that thing, get it to you, so you can do service delivery on the next day? Let me give you a good example. One of the primary conversations the logistics chief has to have is with the operations chief about what do you need to run your canteens tomorrow? Food, fuel, uniforms, all those things have to be pushed to the logistics section so they can go out and acquire those items, bring them into the operation so that the very next day those canteens go out well-stocked with food, Um, the people on them are properly attired in uniform, and they've got the gasoline, propane, and diesel to keep running. 
I want to talk communications and IT, which within the Salvation Army has become more complex, even just within the last five years. First, it is essential that a good logistics chief choose the appropriate equipment for the response. If you're responding to a house fire or a smaller incident and your cell coverage is intact, then it's overkill to deploy our satellite communications unit. At the same time, you really should know that the Army has expanded its communications technology repertoire and there are some incredibly savvy resources available to you if needed. We've outfitted almost 300 of our deployable vehicles with GPS trackers so you know where your resources are at all times. We have four satellite communications units, each which travel with a push pack that includes technology like laptops, Blackberries, video and digital cameras, all for your command staff. And I guess it goes without saying that as the logistics chief, we don't expect them to be experts in information technology or communications, but it's within their function, and if they don't know a lot about it, they should bring an expert in. Definitely. Another reality that logistics chiefs face is that you have to expect a number of your vehicles will break down or have issues when they're on site. When you get on site, you need to request a vehicle maintenance specialist. And let's be honest, Jeff, we don't have many qualified in our Army, Army cadre. So if you can't get one, you need to find a local, reputable maintenance shop that you can count on for your maintenance needs. You have to build that expectation into your planning and have that maintenance strategy heading into a disaster. Let's talk a little bit about warehousing because in logistics, um, that's probably the heart of the function. I think every good logistician started as a warehouse supervisor. And there's a lot encompassed in running a warehouse operation. Let me just give you three pointers. Uh, pointer number one is that you want to make sure you choose the right facility as much as possible in a disaster. And the ideal facility always has a loading dock. It sure is a pain to hand unload every truck that comes in and then restack it manually. It's much easier if you can run the forklift in the truck, pull the boxes off by pallet, and man, that saves a lot of time. I guess the second thing when it comes to warehousing, don't accept what you can't use. Um, we've seen plenty of warehouses stuffed with junk that's not real useful in the disaster operation. And I guess I'm thinking about used clothing. Um, in Hurricane Andrew, we had so much used clothing that some of the bales that we had sitting outside actually spontaneously combusted and caught fire from the heat. Um, the other piece to that, too, is don't take in things that uh, may be questionable. There are some donors, and they're few and far between, but may want to get rid of some stuff that they can't sell anymore, like lead-based paint or industrial cleaning chemicals. Uh, those can be a real burden on the operation because eventually you're going to have to get rid of those items. Another section where we find pitfalls is within transportation. A good example of this is our moving water into southern Louisiana in the 2008 pre-landfall for Hurricane Gustav. Well, this was the first significant storm after Hurricane Katrina, and we're trying to convince a trucker not only to find a way in, when evacuation routes are all opened coming out of the region, but then he has to sit on the road for hours and hours getting back out himself. That's not going to come cheap. So we've got that issue. We've got other transportation issues as well. When it comes to transportation, you've got to expect there's going to be strain on the network because roads, bridges, and things like that are out, but also demand is high. Everybody wants to move relief supplies into that disaster-affected area. High demand means that things are going to take longer and that you're going to pay more. 
I think one of the things the logistics chief has to do is build an internal transportation network. What Salvation Army trucks can you acquire to help move supplies as you need them? Um, and then they need to build an external transportation network. And that is somewhere THQ can step in and help. We do have relationships with different national trucking firms. You just have to know that we, while we may be able to point you in the right direction, it's not a guarantee. Demand is high, and some folks have a lot more money to spend on transport than we do. Definitely some good factors to keep in mind. I know this is just an overview of logistics, but even if you can have some of those pointers in your back pocket, I think you're going in more qualified than maybe perhaps if you hadn't listened to this. Okay, we picked on some of the logistics folks earlier in the podcast, but let me give you kind of a quote to leave with. Uh, This comes from a great military historian, and he said, behind every great leader, there was an even greater logistician. And I guess that underscores that if you're going to be successful, you've got to have the material resources to support your operation. If you don't, you're just a couple of guys standing in a field um, without a whole lot to give out. Or a couple of girls. Oh, a couple of girls. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. And that wraps it up for this episode of Salvation Army Disaster Radio. Stay tuned next time for Episode 5 as we walk through the rest of our ICS Hendecagon. Thank you for listening to Disaster Radio. We welcome your questions or comments. Send us an email at disasterradio at uss.salvationarmy.org. And remember, it's easy to support the Salvation Army. To donate time, money, or materials, go to www.salvationarmyusa.org or simply call 1-800-SAL-ARMY.